0: Hello and welcome to Surroundscapes, an audio and video podcast series featuring a diverse collection of interviews with thought leaders from around the world, addressing the general subject of the future of business. This content is curated by Sound Professional and focuses on the role of the oral and visual senses in creating unique, delightful and compelling experiences to stimulate business. This third series of SurroundScapes is focused on the future of events, the sector of the market which has been the most hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'd like to introduce for this episode, Claudia Holmeier from Digital Analog. Claudia is talking to us from Munich in Germany, and we'll talk about the history behind the Digital Analog Festival, what it's all about, how it transitioned into the pandemic, and what the future might look like. So welcome, Claudia. Hello. (laughs) Lovely for you to be here. So to start with, I want to ask a little bit about your background. I've known you for over 30 years, I think. Um, And when I first met you, you and your husband, uh, Stefan, were running a lighting company called Contour. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and why you stopped doing that?
1: Sure. In the past, in the 80s, in Germany, design at itself got a high standard. Everybody was pleased to look to design, to, to, to create design, to be a part of design. And at that time, we, we were able to get a special bulb. In made in France, for which my husband designed bar, uh, lamps. In the beginning, the business was very small, <laughs> uh, but we produced everything in Germany because we thought we have to have a look for the future, also for our kids and other kids. So we didn't like to produce cheap. We produced really expensive, all on uh, a view on the future nature. In that time, it was very uh, strange for others. They were not very happy about our opinion to to sell uh, designer lamps. It was much more to make much money to to sell plenty of lamps not so uh based on on humanistic ideas
0: you made wonderful products i still have uh, i still use two of your lights every day i've got a, another couple in the uh in the garage kind of in storage but uh they, they're wonderful products what what led to the company stopping and and um no, you were doing great things
1: around the uh 2000 it was difficult to to see uh, also the establishment for design design itself uh was not any longer interesting for people you looked at uh, lamps and every lamp uh, was each the same there were not specific... Hmm utilities, it was uh all the same, and it also was uh, upcoming that halogen technology will enter the market. Although this made problems with producing, you have to produce a lot of lamps to to get to earn enough money to, to get in the market to be a part of the market when we ended with the companies the design company uh, we were in a club of 37 well-known european lighting designers and that was the end for us. There was no more. We couldn't be number two or five or ten because we were so small in our direction. There was no possibility to grow. And mm-hmm. also for the yeah. future upcoming technology, uh, there there was no way. So we stopped immediately because at that point, we both were at the 40s. And we said, "I, mm-hmm. it's it's now time to change your your life. It's a good mm-hmm. appointment with your life to to say, okay, let's do something else."
0: Right. That's that's interesting, and and um, I remember well. Actually, I'm not sure we lost touch for a while, so I think that that may have happened during that time. But I always remember coming around to your house. And Stefan being, Stefan, your husband, being just this wonderful font of knowledge on music and having this wall of records. And we'd, I'd come over and we'd eat and and we'd talk about music. And I think around that time, Stefan was doing DJing work. And from memory, he started DJing in uh, the old Munich airport when Munich airport moved. Is that is that right?
1: That's correct.
0: And what happened? How did it progress from there?
1: For his whole life, my husband was interested in music since he was a little boy. And uh, being a teenager, he got into collecting records. At the end, plenty of records. Mm, Each movement uh, was very hard. We got so many parcels of records and when we decided to to stop uh, working in design he said my second love is music let's let's have a look maybe we could uh, base something on music Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my best man has a well-known record label and a part of this was dj hell Mm-hmm. And one time he came in our office and he said, oh, um, your office is quite nice and so well organized. I would love to have somebody like you in my office. And that's mm. how it started. Mm. I want mm. to work for Chicolo Records. And this was the possibility also for my husband to, to work on music by himself. He DJed uh, for fun, for friends. But with the connection of a record label, you you are in a better position to to work um, professional.
0: Mm-hmm. So did, was he then a professional DJ at that time?
1: A small professional DJ. Small
0: professional. So how did the festival Digital Analog get started? Oh,
1: we went one time at a place in Munich this was run by the culture department of the city of munich it's a great it was a great place but nobody didn't know that place when Mm. we went for some venues about 10 people uh, were at the audience that's it but um the Culture Department said, "Oh, it would be nice to to, to share the place to to give uh, artists the possibility to join. So they asked, How could we do that? Hmm. We do not know musicians at that time it was not, not like now now you have a networking possibility it's It's working by itself. Mm-hmm. at that time it wasn't like that and they asked us how could this work and they asked us to do the first festival with a small budget and we said okay small budget this uh, will us not allowed to give big fees to the artists we need a concept by running by itself mm-hmm. so we built up uh, the concept to make small sets, only teaser sets, not full, really big shows, only teasers. And this supported by Ouija artists. Mm -hmm. 2001, it was uh, not well known. Ouija artists, what is this? Nobody did know it. And we established this in Munich.
0: Okay, so 2001 was when it started, is it?
1: Yeah, you see, we are in the 20th year this year.
0: Right, right. And how did you, why did the um, culture department approach you? How did did you have those ties into the culture department?
1: More or less luck.
0: Okay. (laughs) So 20 years ago, you started this festival with short sets... Um on a small scale, but with Vj with video art being uh, an important part from the beginning, how did it develop over the twenty years in
1: the In the beginning, the record labels were very uh, critical about our ideas. they said it's not it's not fair about the artist it's not fair uh, not to earn money because i have to say we said okay we need a concept uh, to win a new audience mm-hmm. in in case you go in a show you don't know the artist you don't know what will come and you pay a lot of money it's it's mm-hmm. really difficult to to enter a market so we said okay it it need to be for free mm-hmm then send, all our festivals are for free.
0: Because yeah, that's that was an amazing thing. Yeah,
1: we we had the idea that the audience will win new music and the artists will win a new audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It needs uh, some time to convince everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. So were the first few years very small, or, or oh, how did In it the, in the
1: first years, we had audience about five thousand people. Mm-hmm. Now we are at twelve thousand, so we grow right. a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And the the character of the festival. First of all, uh, most of our listeners are Americans, so. The concept of a culture department in a city putting on a festival and for the festival to be free is quite strange. Um, is that a common thing in Germany? Not really. Okay, so it's just music? You need
1: or? to be very, very enthusiastic about music to work like that.
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So now the festival. I've been to two of the the actual festivals, and they've they've been great. Uh, it it's kind of strange as as I've known Claudia and Stefan throughout the life of the festival that I never got to go for years and years and years. And uh, I in two thousand and eighteen I was having a a shift between two jobs, so I had some time, and that allowed me to go for the first time to the festival. And it's it's a it's an amazing festival. Stefan has a unique talent for finding um wonderful new bands, that, that the majority of which certainly I hadn't heard of. Um and to build this festival that that seems to be a mix from anything from like a string quartet to heavy rap to you know, heavy electronica, to an orchestra um you know what, what determines what sort of acts get on
1: we have everything we have singer songwriter there is no no go for us it need to to, to fix somewhere in our concept it, it's I I can't tell you you need to be this kind of musician or that kind. We also had an had a uh, American uh, artist for guests, for instance, Anthony Shakir, who is a great DJ, mm-hmm. who is a legend.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and. It seems to be that there's there's maybe one or two names that you'd have heard of before each festival and then lots of other little little bands that, that are the real jewels of the festival. And there are is it five stages? How many stages are there in the physical festival?
1: Oh, also five stages.
0: Five stages, yeah. They're different in size from a few hundred to a few thousand in the big in the big uh stages. And it, the festival runs for two days, a uh, Friday and a Saturday, and is basically events programmed um, on all of the stages, and you get to choose what you, you go to, um, and you build your own experience. And, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting festival for me to go to. Is all of the funding done through the community, uh, Culture department, or do you have commercial sponsors also?
1: Yeah, both. The most of the money comes, of course, from the culture department. We have a big, big bill on on techniques, of course, and uh, the equipment you need to. We have several small companies in sponsoring. One is uh sponsor from the beginning, which uh, allows all us to to uh, give drinks to the artists
0: okay yep yeah. yep yeah. Yeah, so you you built up the festival over twenty years um, I think it's moved around a few times. Can you tell us where it started and, and where it ended up?
1: Yes, we started in uh, Union spray. Uh, halls. That is the place from an old brewery, uh, reconstructed for events. Mm-hmm. Where that's the place where we were asked from the culture department because it mm-hmm. was great. It was a great place, not any longer because uh, she sold the house and the uh, people over that when you uh, doesn't want to have music in the night, for instance. Mm-hmm. After that, we we went to small clubs, to, to also a, a famous place in Munich's uh, Haus der Kunst for one night. And mm-hmm. after that, we were invited to the gastag, the biggest European concert hall based mm-hmm. in Munich. So we still stay there this year. Next year, we will join again. We will move to, I guess it will be Mufatalle, which is also a well-known concert place. And we will see what the future will bring.
0: Yeah, so being at the Gastag is, is part of the experience of the event because although there are five stages and they're all indoors, they're all in the same building, so you can easily get between the stages. Uh, why are you moving away? I think I remember you saying the gas tag is being renovated or reconstructed. That's
1: true. That's true. Yeah. For seven years, I guess. Wow.
0: Well, or well, longer. So.
1: <laughs> in case it's going like uh, the airport in Berlin.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that could be decades, yes. Um, the event... Was last held in its re- in its uh, physical form in two thousand and nineteen, and obviously, you like everyone else in in the world pretty much were were then hit by the COVID nineteen pandemic at the beginning of two thousand and twenty. Um, the the festival itself happens in in is it October September right. October time, yeah, and so. How did last year progress? I mean, presumably at the beginning, when the pandemic first came, you were still thinking it's probably going to be over by then. We'll we'll have a festival like usual. How did that year progress for you?
1: In March, we we thought oh we we could be glad that we have a festival uh, in October, mm-hmm. but in summertime we said oh it doesn't seem to be ended in October. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we mm-hmm. began to uh, look for solutions. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's only it could only be a streaming version. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we had a look of uh, how to manage this. For us, it uh, was important that we will not change the concept of the festival anytime. Mm-hmm. Although in pandemic times, or whatever, which means for us, five stages, plenty of artists, and so on. Mm-hmm. Of course, it was uh, more or less the powerful festivals ever and workful at the end, but uh, we, we did it.
0: hmm so did you, was there ever a time you thought we would just not do anything this year and come back next year? No. Okay, so it was always, we it want to do also, some festival.
1: Right, also in cases of, of problems, uh, we have the opinion it need to be done. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What to... To help to give people something to look forward to, and and uh, was was that the reason or why did it need to be done?
1: It has a big history, and everybody expects, who knows us, this time and uh, is waiting for it for us and it. Mm-hmm. The the team. It's like a family. It's like uh, you, you love this on the festival. It's like uh, seeing your family members once a year, having fun with them, joining, working, and then it stops. And until next year, you will be yep. in again.
0: Yep, yep. It does very much have that feel. It's a lovely feel, the festival so i watched the the virtual event and as you say it was five streams uh again two days the same hours um it was it was wonderful to watch um in a different in a number of different ways so it was great to have those five streams that you could switch between and the same thing as walking from one hall to another and in some cases like um in the real festival one stage is being turned around from one band to the next band so there's not five stages active at all times there's usually two or three stages active and you can choose to go between whichever one you like Um, but also what was interesting for me is as you mentioned video art has been really an important part of it right from the beginning and Doing the virtual event, you were able to use video art in a different way. So if for a lot of the performances, the video art was uh, superimposed in front of the artist, which isn't how it happens in the, in the physical event where it's all behind the artist. Can you talk about you know, how that took place and, and when you decided to do that?
1: It was a great experience for us. Because we had plenty of time and we involved everybody, we connect the musicians to the VJs and they made concepts for each band. So they had plenty of time to think about how to develop ideas, how to place them and how will be that at the end. The results were great. I, I saw them after the festival because that what we saw on the festival was uh, different to the audience. We had a long, long, long uh, time of 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 setups, and it was not the festival feeling. We we had soundcheck feeling which is also a yeah. quite nice feeling but uh, you are waiting for the real festival but mm. this year, last year we hadn't that point yep. at any time
0: yeah yeah i can i can imagine and how did so for you as the organizers and technicians it was strange because you know there wasn't the audience it felt like a sound check what about for the bands themselves? I mean, they used to play in front of audiences. How did they react?
1: In the beginning, they said, oh, really a streaming festival. I don't want to do that. Are you sure we should do that? But uh, upcoming autumn and knowing there will be no you mm-hmm. for a long, long time, they said, oh, that's a good possibility to make something like a video presentation for us for future times to mm-hmm. to show them what we are able to create, what could be. And so everybody was in.
0: Mm-hmm. And was did everyone perform live or did some of them perform via video? Uh,
1: most of it was live only two bands were not be able no sorry three bands were not be able to present it live one uh, artist was very ill mm-hmm. she was only able to produce in her studio and we got that material and uh, it was mixed live Right. The other artist uh, is still in Moscow, not coming back to Munich, mm-hmm. and one of the artists was also getting ill, and we made a home session.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I remember that that one, yes. So, so that's interesting. How did you find the bands um, were from the perspective of the performance, were, because... Normally with bands, you play live all the time. You're you you you're used to playing live together. You, you kind of, you're in practice, you know, you're, 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 you're tight together. Whereas presumably a lot of these bands hadn't spent that much time together. Did it feel like they were just getting together for the first time or? Uh,
1: in nature, yes, because we of course had, have had plenty of plays we had no audience so therefore we got the whole space for us and the artists hmm. we had a regular uh, uh concept f- for everything and we we thought about how to to we thought about how to make this happen i had uh, the impression that many of the artists used everything used um, zoom or something like that to get in mm-hmm. touch with each other.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. they were not able to to have the special rules for the distance
0: or everything else. You know the the the, the festival um, was, was I think very successful. One element that you that you did that was more center stage than normal is that you did interviews with a lot of the musicians. So in between the sets on a stage, there would be an interview with the musicians. And at the normal festival, there was a, like an interview stage, but it was almost separate from everything else. Was that a change that was was good? <laughs>
1: It was great for a streaming festival. I wouldn't agree at a normal festival for mm-hmm. the feeling, but in this special situation, it was great for the artists to get their impressions, to to speak to people, to, to show the emotion on their side.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know the festival was was a great success and and I really enjoyed the two days um listening to it and watching it and it felt like an event the same way as as the physical festival now obviously as you say there wasn't the family feeling you weren't there with the people but it was something to look forward to and it was something that that certainly for me delivered I wasn't disappointed um Now we're sitting talking in early February 2021, and there's, there's October 2021 coming up. Do you have any clear idea yet what 2021 will be like for digital analog?
1: To be honest, we think in two ways, only to be secure. It's our 20th anniversary, And of course, we will uh, have a festival. At the moment, I couldn't say it's a streaming festival or, yes, we have audience, which would be perfectly. So Mm. we work in two ways and we will see what future will bring.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think that some of the things that you've learned, um, both in terms of um, how you had to reconfigure, and also the expertise that you got as a as a festival last year will inform future festivals even when there's the possibility to have people there so for example, even when you have are able to have true physical festivals again, will you continue streaming them for people that can't be at the the you know the actual festival?
1: Maybe in case we get a very good partner for the techniques, because in our case, we have plenty of costs anyway. So to make both solutions isn't at the moment not possible for us. Okay. Also yeah. the culture, dev- culture department of Munich uh, has to uh, cut budgets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe in case we find a partner, yes But mm-hmm. I couldn't see it at the moment
0: Okay, okay, that makes sense Um, And what happened to those streams that you had um, recorded uh, last year? Can you still see them on your website?
1: Right, they are still on our website Mm-hmm www.digitalanalog.org dot org and uh, also the artists got that finished production for their possibilities.
0: Excellent. So that that's a bonus for them that they got this kind of professionally recorded, professionally mixed demo video, basically that that uh, that they they can use which is which is great because you know bands nowadays have got to find different ways of communicating with their audiences and some of the other episodes we've been talking about how 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 events are changing we have a, a the next series of this podcast is about the future of music and and you know what how different artists are creating music differently and getting money from music differently so it's interesting that that by them participating in the the festival as well as getting that that normal chance of having an audience that weekend they have something to take away with them to um you know to put on their website to send to their potentially interested fans so yeah that's that's really really interesting um so before we we end this um do you how do you think other festivals will will come back do you do you talk a lot to other festival organizers or are you really kind of more more isolated
1: no we are close to other festivals but at the moment everybody is is really uh, sad and disappointed we have no possibilities to plan in our case we do not live on that festival Mm
0: yeah we are
1: able to make the festival by itself Mm -hmm. we need not to earn money we do it for for fun
0: right what about the festivals who do do it for money? How do you think they will come back?
1: I think it's a a real problem mm-hmm. because all the the audience is losing money. We have plenty of problem. We have plenty of problems around and I guess it will be hard to get in business again.
0: Yeah, certainly. Obviously, people that go to to music festivals and things are doing that with disposable income. So you know, as you say, the economy has been hard hit by this pandemic, and on one hand, people are you know their incomes are less, so so maybe they have less to spend on on you know, luxuries or or fun. But I, I would be interested to see you know after the Spanish flu um, in. 100 years ago we had the roaring 20s where people came back and kind of um went to the other extreme and partied savagely or um I will be really interested to see what people do um once they're able to to, to get out again whether you know they, they overcompensate and do more things or whether they they do less things it'll be interesting to see before we go, do you have any, any last thoughts or things you'd like to say?
1: Yes, I would like to invite the audience to have a look for art, to have a look for VJing, to be open and to let it be a part of life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, this stuff is important. It uplifts our spirits and keeps us optimistic in, in difficult times. So how do people get in touch with you? And also how do they uh, get to the, the digital analog website to see these, these videos that you've created?
1: Everybody is invited to have a look at our website. And uh, of course you are invited to send us an email also, as an artist, we try to invite some foreign artists as well. Maybe Jimmy Tenor is coming in 2021 again, which would be mm-hmm. great for our new anniversary. So get in touch with us.
0: And it's uh, www.digitalanalog.org. Is that correct? Correct. And... Um to email you? Are there links there? or
1: There are links there. It's it's an official info at digitalanalog.org.
0: Okay. Well, thanks so much, Claudia, for giving us your experiences in um, in just building up a festival and going to, to the virtual world. Um, and thank you for agreeing to talk in English, which is not your your mother language and um, you were mentioning before this podcast that you've had very little sleep over the last few days so thanks so much for for doing it and being uh, offering us some great insights thank you also to everyone for listening to this podcast as usual so also as usual please leave your comments um, on your podcast platform wherever you're listening to this whether it's Spotify Apple, Google, Bandcamp or our own website, uh, busanprofessional.com. Leave comments, leave ratings, give us suggestions of people who you might like to, uh, to hear on this podcast. And thanks again for listening and come back and listen to some more episodes.